Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. In the previous episode, John talked about his backstory. Along the way, he mentioned about the cost-benefit analysis of doing digital transformation for the human resource division of a company. This episode continued the part two conversation with John and John shared his views on how to initiate digital transformation with business owners. Let's continue. Yeah, this is one of the things that I'm always a believer of uh, automation. A lot of times people always think that AI reduces job they do reduces job but it frees up so much time for people to be creative and innovative to do some other stuff and my question to you john is like you mentioned this isn't just restricted to uh, hr or human resource a- any other areas that it can extend across sure this is just one example of a project that we did but we have done multiple other cases with sales and marketing departments accounting departments customer service departments basically any activity that requires repetitive data processing. For example, answering customers' queries, giving quotations, or generating invoices, or responding to purchase orders. These things can be automated relatively easily and deliver huge cost savings to the companies that end up there. Wow, so you mentioned that it really delivers a lot of cost saving and it can be automated if it's repetitive. Let's say for any Business owners out there who's listening to this podcast, whether it's a founder or in Singapore term called Tauke, if they want to get started, what is the things that they need to think about in terms of digital transformation, John? What I always tell on business owners who come to us and ask us, how can we start the process of digital transformation? They always think maybe I should start with the most pressing problem or the most complex problem. I always advise them to not do that. It's best to actually start small, don't start with the most pressing problem, start with the most simple problem. If you can identify a repetitive activity that's taking up your staff time, that first project on doing something very simple would be a great foundation in figuring out how to work out your digital transformation, not just on the automation itself, but in terms of understanding how your staff will react to this new change, for this to be informed, how the things get impacted up and down the line. And what we have found is that for these small projects, you can do them in as little as two to four weeks, which is actually, I think, pretty affordable and pretty for more lessons. Wow, that uh, seems like a very attractive uh, proposition. Can you tell me more about starting small? Let's go back to that uh, use case story that you shared with us in terms of human resource. Like when you meet up with the business owner or the senior management, what was their initial 
thing that they want to solve and how you actually help to figure out actually just solving the overtime pay can create enormous value to the company. So what I always do is I run with a set of general use cases. So there is a use case in the sales and marketing involving multiple Excel spreadsheets linked over to a Telegram account to respond to customer queries. There is also a use case with emails going into Excel spreadsheets and then going into the um, cloud system. So when I show the business owners or department heads the various tools that is able to synchronize the various email servers and the various work processes that is able to touch, that gives them a very good idea of how it maps onto their own department's process and workflow. And usually from them, they are able to identify quite quickly, which is either the most useful thing to do or the best place to start for our first project. Ah, so in other words, actually you are focusing on showing some demonstration, getting them to have an understanding about what RPA, which is robotic process automation, can do. And then from there, they have an idea of saying, okay, maybe for the human resource case, they say, oh, actually, maybe we can start with computing up OTP. Correct. So they were actually the ones in this case who were the light bulb moment and said, wow, the examples you have shown us, and I think that the best things to start for first project would be on the computation of OTP because this is a relatively simple workflow. So then they asked us, can you do it? And what we had to do was to just do a quick check that well, there was no complexity that was hidden and there wasn't. So we were able to actually do this project relatively quickly within two weeks. It's a very beautiful use case for by our audience out there because most of the time I do gigs and I tend to do complex stuff like optimization, forecasting, prediction, and it involves multiple massive data sets. But in your case, anybody, including small companies, founders, or one man show that they want to use RPA to improve their efficiency to enable creativity and innovation, they can actually do that. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I think that those who are a bit hesitant or tentative on what value high tech and data analytics can do for you, this is a great place to start to understand the manual automation. And from there, you will not just need the confidence, but also the staff's trust in the digitization process and then you'll be able to move on to greater and more complex things. In the best case scenario, your staff may actually come back and suggest to you the potential projects that can be done and then that type of scoping work is all the work done for you already. Now that's the process. I think there is the cost-benefit side of things and also the physical demo that enabled them to think about when we have conversations with the management team and they say, hey, I really want this and then they start delegating to management or administrator what are some of the resistance that you see or expect and how do you overcome them? One of the concerns that I have the most often is always the manager not understanding what the point of the automation is and how it will benefit them, as well as being a little bit afraid that they will be let go at the end of the process. So what I always do is, uh, once you've earned a buy-in from top management, that's always very important. Top management must want to do it. Then the work begins with the middle layer and the operational layer to actually work with them to understand what their process is. I think one of the biggest resistance comes when a tech provider or a vendor goes in and says, okay, your process 
We're going to jump all of that, and we're going to go for this new process that I'm going to put in place, and it's going to be great. That usually doesn't get a very good reaction from most of the operational staff. But what we do is that we can go to the operational staff and say, help us how we do things today. I'm not going to change your process. I'm just going to automate it so you have more time for yourself. And that usually is enough to convince them. Uh, interesting recap that you mentioned about making them feel comfortable, showing that, hey, we are not going to replace any existing process. So we're going to create a layer of automation on top of it. So they see it and therefore they believe it, right? Now, the interesting question that I always want to have uh, on this kind of interesting use case is that they will tell you, hey, John, I like it, it works, but who's going to continue to maintain this whole process for me? Will there be a version upgrade? What am I supposed to do? What is the response to that? So this is actually something really interesting that we found out about the market and we developed in response to such feedback, such as the one that you have just posted. What we have realized is that for these kinds of relatively straightforward and simple automations, you don't actually need to spend a lot of money if your in-house staff are trained to maintain it themselves. So best case scenario, it's simple enough that your in-house staff may be the smartest, most technically savvy guy in the room is able to pick it up and do your own maintenance on it. But if not, then we have found out that if the cost of implementing it is about a freelancer's fee, then the cost of calling that same freelancer to come back and do maintenance on it would only be about the same rate and it won't take more than one or two days to actually do the maintenance or updates. So that is something like calling a plumber or an electrician to your house to just fix something that needs uh, you know, updating or patching and that should be something that is very affordable. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode. We have come to the end of part 2 with John. In the next episode, we will continue with John on part 3 which he talk about how AI is deployed in the process of digital transformation. On top of that, John talked about how AI enhanced productivity on the future of work by using AI to tackle repetitivity and free up our headspace. Finally, he will share with us his view on no-code and low-code in the course of digital transformation. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon. Bye.